Honestly, Ken, my Emma open book. I will always try to find the best in things. My grandma had this cookbook celebrating 100 years of Jello. Ah, from humble beginnings come great things, right? Hi, I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City. Now, that little girl looking at her grandmother's celebration of Jello grew up to be a mom, a Food Network champion, and owner of Meringue Bakery here in La Crosse. When we come back, we'll jump right into the conversation with Jen Barney. Welcome back to Around River City, a podcast about the people that make the Cooley region such a cool place to live. If you enjoy the show, I'd be very appreciative of a like and a share. Jen Barney, she has taken the area by storm the past few years. She started her business, Meringue Bakery, in her basement. And it wasn't long before Food Network came calling, she competed, and her world changed. Now she just realized her dream by opening a cafe and bakery in downtown La Crosse. We're going to talk about all of those things, but first things first. Jen, I have to tell you, your chocolate malt cake that we recently demolished at home is absolutely the best thing ever baked. I know, and I don't know if you noticed, but it had little crunchy bits in it, and I really like that too. It just, so, Yeah, it's different. We like to do things a little different. You know, what's funny is now my daughter, she's 10. We both kind of laughed at the same thing because we were unaware that there would be crunchy things in it. And the first crunch we got, we're like, uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> surprise. It was a good surprise. A wonderful surprise. So anyway, that was kind of funny. <laughs> but anyway, let's just dive right in. We'll get into the corona situation first, I guess, and, and talk about that okay. sort of thing. If I'm not mistaken, y- your first day of operation in your new uh, brick and mortar building was that that the doors opened was the day that the shutdown happened, wasn't it? Um, I'm not. I, I wish I could remember the exact day that the shutdown happened. But our we were planning to open the Tuesday after Easter. So what day was that? I forgot. I can't think of the date now. So that would have been April fourteenth. Okay. So that. That's when that was when our grand opening was was supposed to be in perfect in if the world was going perfect. Um, we had to make a decision because when did the shutdown F officially happen? Do you remember? Was that like at the end oh. of March? Yeah, it was in March. Yep. So we went through this really weird phase of just shock and terror, you know. So for the first full maybe two weeks, um, I like well, logistically. All of our orders, except for two of them, for the whole month for the whole month of the ending in March and April, fully canceled. So we went from having enough work to have, you know to have my staff busy to having nothing. And so I had to um, put um, my staff in unemployment. And then it was this this kind of maybe it took a week to kind of get over the shock of it. But then it was a realization of well, what are we supposed to do here? Are we supposed to close for, you know, this could go on for a long time. Right. And we have to totally rethink um, how we're going to open because we were going to open with a full menu, um, you know, mm-hmm. and then it was, and then honest, if I'm being totally honest with you, Ken, my husband lost his job through this. Um, and so it was, it was also just, the, you know, like, the kick in the butt, like, okay, you need to go back to work. <laughs> Just when it couldn't get worse, it gets worse. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go back to a little happier time. Maybe let's just, <laughs> let's go back to before we knew this was going to happen. 
Okay. Yeah. And you, and again, you kind of did things a little backwards than all of us. You went from working out of your home to not working out of your home with all of this, but how exciting was it to finally have this dream of a brick and mortar bakery and cafe happening? Awesome. How long was yeah. that a dream? Um, I, you know, probably 10 years. Realistically, I've been in my field now for almost 15 years. I always knew that this was the end game, um, but I also knew I wanted to be a mom. And there are certain phases in life where it, it, being a restaurant owner is really hard. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of hours. And I wanted to plan it, try to plan it strategically where um, we could just have a slow entry into the industry. So for us, it was the, the home bakery was the right solution. And for me, it was, okay, we're going to get this, we're going to have the smallest investment possible and just, just enough so that I could legally work, you know, from home. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then I could maybe have a couple kids along the way. And then when the kids were older, the plan was to move downtown. So that, that was the initial plan. Um, And I, things moved a lot faster than what I thought they were going to. Um, uh, But I'm, I'm, I am grateful that we had that space and that time. And I wasn't just shoved into it right away. So you weren't, you know, I'm one of those people. I just, you know, fantasize. I, I, I bake a cake and I'm like, well, this is fun. I should open a bakery. That wasn't you. huh? <laughs> so much work. People <laughs> have no clue. They have no clue. Or, you know, our prices are higher than most other places um, for a different variety of reasons. But I, people, I don't think, realize how much effort goes into making a cake beautiful um, and 100 percent from scratch. It's it's a lot of effort. It's it's like 80 percent hard work, 20 percent awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any part of your game plan that you think that has changed because of this coronavirus that may stay this way in the long run? I wanted to start out slowly, but maybe within five years, I wanted to be able to ship product. And I think the reality of this world now is that if we're, we're really dumb if we don't try to get shipping figured out <laughs> as soon as possible, because if that's, things aren't going back, I, you know, and they're going to, they're going to, I shouldn't say that they're going to go back, but things are going to shift. Could you consider that a silver lining? Do you think? Yes, I will. I will always try to find the best in things. And I do feel like, okay, so we couldn't go with plan A, but plan B isn't horrible. I mean, I, um, there is a beauty to easing into a restaurant uh, and being forced into it in a way where um, we can build our menu slowly and we can train staff in slowly and make sure they're trained in right. Um, and we can, yeah, we can explore other um, avenues or we can try to... Um, come up with creative ways with other business owners in town to try to um, come up with um, collaborations where in, in the real world, you don't have time to do those things. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard so many creative people talk about this pandemic as a, a chance to be more collaborative with people and to try new things. I really do appreciate that ability to see opportunity in these situations. I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City. I'm talking with Jen Barney, owner of Meringue Bakery. When we come back, we're going to get the story behind that Jell-O cookbook. This is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. You can find all of our podcasts at aroundrivercity.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast, and you'll be alerted every time we have a new show. All right, let's get back into the conversation with Jen Barney, owner of Meringue Bakery. And let's go way back to the beginning and the first thing that really got her excited about food. One of my earliest memories, my grandma had this um, Celebrating 100 Years of Jell-O cookbook. (laughs) It had beautiful (laughs) pictures. So I was a little girl and maybe eight. 
And I would sit at my grandma's house and because every page had a picture. It was had glossy pages with, and I had never seen a cookbook like that before that had picked so many visual pictures. And I would read that cookbook like it was a bedtime book over and over and over again. And I think um, because I was just fascinated that you could make desserts look beautiful. It was artistic. Um, But I didn't realize that you could do food and art together for a very long time. And because I hadn't been exposed to that as a child, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I came to that place, but it probably took me a good 20 years later. Was it the beauty, the, the art of it that drew you in before it the-, was the art of it? And it was dreaming about mixing the pudding with the heavy cream and making the parfaits. And it was, it was everything. And so my family, I grew up in a very large family and it was all about, we, we always had great meals, but it was always about practicality. It was never about, taking the time to make something look beautiful so you could eat with your eyes first. And I think the realization of that, or just the dreaming of all these beautiful jello desserts that I could make. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It just, it opened my eyes. It, it still sticks with me. My mom was a, a good cook, but like you said, the, the practicality of it, she was cooking for eight to 10 people every yes. night. And so yes. it was just a, a miracle that it got on the table and some got on my plate. Right. Isn't that the truth? Yep. I, me as well. Yep. How many, how many, how big was your family? So I grew up, I, um, when I was growing up, I had, there was six of us, six siblings, and then my parents ended up adopting two more. So we have eight total, but both my family, both my parents come from huge families as well. Wow. That is big. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, we have, I'm, uh, I'm the eighth of eight in my family too. So that's why I say I was lucky to have food on my plate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I think that's why I always eat. I eat extremely fast and I think it's because. Do you? Yes. There were always other hands reaching towards my plate. If it was, if it, if I didn't finish it, mm-hmm. one of my older brothers was going to get it from you me. You got to so. do it now. Yeah. You got to do it now. My dad had stashes around the house of good food because he knew that that if we saw it, we would eat it. Um, So I was the youngest of the original six, too. And um, I take the fastest showers known to man because I always had the cold water. (laughs) 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 Well, you should indulge yourself every now and then. You're a grown up. You can uh, you can you can demand some of that hot water. (laughs) You, You deserve it. What kind? What were some of the first things you baked, though? I mean, you did you experiment? Did you bake anything out of that Jello book? I did. Yep, I remember doing like the the different rainbow Jello layered desserts. Um, I remember making strawberry cake when I was little. But I will tell you this: so my mom, and maybe my job ended up being, or my career ended up being more out of rebellion. I think my mom was just by the time I came along, by the time I was in high school, she was just tired of cooking for everybody and. So, and my parents had, um, were thinking about opening up a restaurant around the same time as I was oh. leaving high school. So I was never encouraged to cook at home. It was not a, it was not a pleasurable experience. It was a, like, don't make a mess in the kitchen. Um, you know, just get out, get out of here, go outside. That was kind of the vibe at home. Um, but I, um, I do know that I used to love throwing parties when I was younger and it, it wasn't. I just wanted to entertain people. I wanted to make all the food. I wanted to plan the color schemes. It was all, I always had that in me um, to make people happy through. And I think food is a big, big, big part of that. Oh, for sure. I think that's a great way to share uh, a part of yourself. Yes. You know, I've, I've, I enjoy cooking and I like cooking for other people. And I, I, the way I look at it is this may not be the best 
whatever. It may not be the best grilled chicken you'll ever have, but it's the best of me that I can give you right now. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Yeah, I love that. So, yeah, it's a nice it, – it's a good way to share. I have – my siblings are very uh, musically talented, and uh, it's wonderful when we get together mm-hmm. to s- hear them play the piano or do whatever they do. And I can't do that, but what I can do is have dinner ready when they're done. So That's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. Um, yeah, even for me. I like that I can be the one to make people happy through desserts. Desserts, they are the – they are – they're the best. Do you eat dessert first? I hope you do. <laughs> um, Come on, be honest. It depends. It depends. It depends. So I, um, I eat dessert so much on a daily basis that I, when I'm enjoying myself at somebody's home or if we go out to eat, um, I think I enjoy the main course more now. Because I feel like I'm always judging. And I know it sounds horrible, but I, if I eat somebody else's dessert, sometimes it's um, – I, I, like I break it down in my mouth and I, it's a whole series of things. But I do – I will say this. When we go out to eat at a nice restaurant, I will order every dessert on the menu <laughs> because I am I, – because I want to see what other people are doing and what creative ways they're putting flavors together. Oh, um, so it's research. It is research, yes. Well, it then, is, yeah, then it makes perfect sense. I'm going to have to start doing some research when I go out to dinner at nice restaurants. I think. But I, I'm telling you, if, if I'm with my family, like I'm, I'm the cheesy potatoes, um, you know, like beans. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what that's what I look yeah. forward to. Is that the kind of stuff you like to cook at home too? Um, no. Um, in fact, I I like to make soups. I would say I've I probably once or once a week or once every two weeks I'll make a batch of soup. But I work a lot. And my husband does a lot of the meal prep and we do a lot of simple meals, a lot of tacos and spaghetti and Culver's. I think we're all doing more of that kind of thing these days. And that's, and that's right? all right. That's all right. That's one of our, uh, my daughter has, has said, uh, she, again, she's 10, but I think I've taught her to be a little too pretentious. She said, dad, sometimes it's just so hard to find a good burger in this town. Right. <laughs> but we have found a few. The Charmant. The Charmant is good too. Yeah. Oh, the Charmant. I love the Charmant. Actually, yes. Rosie's makes a good burger if love you haven't burger. had theirs. Oh, you know what? I've only been to Rosie's for breakfast. I should go there. I should try one of their burgers. The cool thing is you can order the burger for at breakfast time. So nothing better than a burger at 730 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So I noticed a connection here. You said that your parents, after having six kids, adopted a, a couple of kids. Yeah. Yep. And you have also adopted. I have adopted. Yep. Um, this last fall, we adopted um, our son, Wyatt. And uh, Wyatt came through us um, through foster care, and he's now four. We had him when he was three months old, so oh. we've had him basically the whole his whole life. Um, yeah, he's a honey bunny. You know, he's um, he uh, it, it's it's interesting. So I grew up in um, my both my parents did foster care, and um, a lot of my siblings have gone on to do the same. And there's been a lot of adoptions along the way. Um, my family is very keen, or just. I don't know what, I don't know. That's maybe not the right word. Um, Maybe just, we've been exposed to it so much like kids with special needs or kids that have um, really traumatic experiences. And so for me, it was, um, it felt really natural to, I don't know, to take that on and to help somebody out. And when we were able to, my husband and I, that was always a strong, 
a, a strong urge I had to to help some kids out in foster care. So that's what we did with Wyatt, and he's um, he's he's a <laughs> I explain Wyatt. He's just like he's the most loving kid, but he definitely has a lot of special needs, and he's got a lot of quirks. Um, and he's a fun kid to have around. His energy man is pretty extreme. You have a biological child too, right? Yep, yep. We have our daughter Millie. Um, Millie's three years old, and uh, it was a really fun time. Uh, I take I say that um, sarcastically. So um, the day we got Wyatt, um, we took in his brother at the same time. His brother ended up um, leaving us to go to with a family member, and. But after we took in Wyatt and his brother, which was a big undertaking because they both had special needs, um, I found out I was pregnant a week, well, two weeks later. Wow. And um, and then I had a really rough pregnancy. So it was my poor husband <laughs> put up with a lot um, for about a six-month time span of a sick wife and then two, two fun little um, high-needs kids. <laughs> we were busy. Did the Meringue Bakery dream always stay alive and strong during all of that that's but it seems like a lot on a plate it was a lot on a plate so during that time i did a lot of weddings on the weekends and it was um it was i think that's what i wanted though i that that's exactly what was the dream was to just take on one or two weddings a weekend take in orders here or there um but then just be a mom first and i was able to do that for probably a good year and then the food network happened and then that kind of shifted everything the Food Network. It changed everything for Jen. And that's where we'll continue our conversation in just a bit. I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City, a podcast about the people that make our area such a great place to live. And by the way, you can go to aroundrivercity.com anytime and get lots of really useful information and updates about things going on around the area. More with Jen Barney, owner of Meringue Bakery, coming up on Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. Thanks for listening to Around River City and my conversation with Jen Barney from Meringue Bakery. Now, she brought it up, so let's talk Food Network stardom. Was that actually part of your plan? So I would have never in a million years considered that that was something that I wanted to do. Um, I got a phone call, and it was, they have scouts, I guess, people that look, there must be on the internet looking for restaurant owners that own bakeries. And I got a phone call saying, would you um, be interested in applying? We think you're a good candidate. Um, and then I did. Um, but that wasn't, it, it's not easy to get on a show. They, especially a show like this one, because it was a, it was a longer series um, and they vet people a little bit more. Um, so it was probably, I, from my memory, like four to five Skype interviews. Um, and they're not nice about it. They're just you know, like they say, oh, if you want, they'll be like, oh, you have to do a Skype interview and it's tomorrow at 11 o'clock and you don't have the choice to reschedule. If you want to be on the show, you take it. Um, and it was a lot of work. I would say applying for a job like that is almost part time for probably two to three months because it's a lot of paperwork, a lot of a lot of interviewing. Um, you have to cook food over Skype interviews and show them what you made. Oh, wow. Um, it was a long process. And but I. But I got through it. I did. I think they had said like 5,000 people applied or something. And then, I mean, my memory might be off, but it was a lot of people. Yeah. And you've been on a couple of different uh, competitions, right? I have. Yep. Um, We did. So I did the series, the Holiday Baking Championship. And then the following year, 
I did a one episode of the on, in the Holiday Baking Championship. And then this last year, I was able to go to Canada and shoot a, in, in Canada a show. And it never aired here, um, but we didn't win. But we, um, it was very interesting. I wonder if there's any way we can see that down here. Honestly, we didn't do that well, so it's oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. We'll just, we'll, we'll leave it to our imaginations then. I shouldn't, it wasn't, I just, you know what it is? I'm a perfectionist and it didn't turn out the way I wanted to. Um, so we'll just let that one go. Yeah. You're a second place is the first loser kind of person. You know, I didn't know that about myself and I'm, and I'm certainly not, I would, I would rather kill somebody with kindness and I would rather, but I am secretly competitive in my heart. Does that make sense? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Like I'll be nice and calm and be a good sport, but at home, I'll go home and I will like practice something until I perfect it because I want to be the best at it. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. I think yeah. that's, that's probably a good way to do it because you, you certainly don't, the times that I've uh, been with you in person, uh, you don't come off as that intense, but it's obviously has to be there for you to be as good as you are at what you do. Yep. And I, I never knew that about myself until all this happened. It's a good thing to have. So how different is life since uh, the Food Network? Has, is it, are you glad you did it? You said it was so hard. Oh, my gosh. It was so hard. But honestly, it changed my life. And I am, I'm really grateful for it. Um, it and, and on so many different levels. It, in, within my heart, I feel like I have a lot more confidence. Um, and it's nice to be recognized for something that you love doing. Um, and... Uh, Business wise, I mean, I we've never we would have never been able to get into a downtown location this fast um, if it if it wasn't for the recognition or having so much exposure. Um, and I am internally grateful for having all of that. Yeah, it's sort of a more than a jump start. It's a rocket ship blast in the, in the direction of success. I guess it is. Yeah, it is. And I do have this feeling like you know what? Why not? Why not me? Why not meringue? If I I want to write a cookbook someday. Why can't I do that? I can do that. You know, it, it, it gives me that little umph of sure. Just, just do it. Just work hard. Just get it done. You know, and maybe I didn't have that before. Speaking of, of writing a cookbook, I I've got $10 in my pocket right now. If you give me the secret on how you make your buttercream so damn perfect, 10 bucks, it's here right there for you. Oh. Just give me the secret. <laughs> so easy. <laughs> just Google. It's a Swiss buttercream. Google it. They're all the recipes are pretty much all the same. You're, it's it's so it's it's an easy thing to do. Don't make it sound too easy. <laughs> it is. It's just egg whites. You cook egg whites with sugar um, until 160 degrees, and then you um, or over a water bath, 160 degrees. Whip it up. It's going to be this beautiful meringue. You're going to let it cool down as you whip it up, and then you add butter. It's like it, and it's the recipe is a one to two to two ratio. So if you have eight ounces of egg whites, you use 16 ounces of sugar, 16 ounces of butter. It's easy. Hmm. Well, it's easy to do, not so easy to do it perfectly every time, I'm guessing. So not to pry, but what are you the best at other than being a mom and being a baker? Oh, gosh. Owning a business is all encompassing. And I think it sometimes it kind of takes over my life. So it's hard for me to say I'm good at other things because all I have time for is <laughs> my job, my family. Well, that's plenty. That's plenty. Yes. I would love to be really good at being a crafter. You know, I would, I would love to be able to have the time to look on Pinterest and make a, what, what's that word? Macrame? 
everybody's doing this macrame lately. Sure. Make a basket. I would love to do that. I, that's what I, in my heart, that's what I would love to do, but I just can't do that right now. In my, not in this phase of my life, but still creating things. It sounds like you have to create. I always knew that. I, I always, I always knew that. And in fact, I went to school, um, to, to college my first year. Um, and I wanted to be an art teacher. That was my major that I had declared at that time. Um, so I always knew I had that part in me. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. And that really comes through in the work you do. Well, thank you. It is nice that I can combine the art of food and making people happy through food and then also combine the art end of it. That is cool. Yeah. What do your what do your kids say about what you do? Billy has no clue. I mean, she she loves to come into the bakery and experiment with me like on days when we're not open. Um, but it's more like I'm just a mommy daughter time. Um, I mean, what kid doesn't like making cookies or decorating cake. Um, but I, you know, what I look forward to with Millie is that, um, I cannot wait to the day where I can really teach her the fine skills behind making a 3d rose or, um, teaching her how to make that Swiss meringue buttercream. I mean, I really feel like I'm not going to say I'm not going to groom her to be a baker, (laughs) but obviously she's going to have some skills. Well, she's gonna, she's going to definitely feel the connection and the love and she'll have memories forever about those things that she'll create with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My daughter and I cook together quite a bit and uh, I'm often surprised that she will say, she'll say something that is, I don't even know if she realizes how moving it is to me, but she'll share a memory of something that we did. And I'm just like, Oh, that's why we did that. And you remember it. Right. (laughs) Yes. I would, I would a hundred percent always have the experience and the time spent with loved ones than material things any day, any day. Mm, That is a very good lesson to be reminded of. Thank you, Jen. Jen Barney, owner of Meringue Bakery in La Crosse. And thanks for the conversation. And thank you for listening in. If you know somebody who might be an interesting guest on the show, just let me know with an email to ken at aroundrivercity.com. Check out our past shows and discover some exciting things going on these days at aroundrivercity.com. I'm Ken Cooper. Thanks for listening.